welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgesell, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. Welcome to this week's episode of Stay at Home Mom, where we are interviewing moms from all walks of life, all their different experiences and all of the things that they have gone through in their motherhood journey. And we are politically correctly terming this the birthing people series. <laughs> so this week, I'm going to be interviewing a mom of many who is absolutely beautiful. And she has a actually a pretty large social media presence. And that's how I came across her. Her family is absolutely beautiful. What they do is beautiful. They consider everything that they do a ministry. And her story is incredibly similar to mine, but unique in a very big way and mostly by numbers. <laughs> and her name is Krista Collins. And with that introduction, I would like to introduce her to my listeners. Carissa, thank you so much for taking time out of your insanely busy schedule <laughs> to join me on my podcast, Stay at Home Mom. I would love for you to introduce yourself to my listeners and kind of give us a backstory of what the Lord did in your life to bring you to where you are today. Okay. So hi, I'm Carissa Collins. Um, I'm a mother of 10. And I never, ever, ever imagined that I would be a mother of 10, let alone even a mother. So me and my husband, we've been married for 16 years. When we got married 16 years ago, I didn't even want children. My goal and my passion was to be a famous singer. Um, before that, I wanted to be a famous NBA player. I don't know what I was thinking. I was raised in the church, but my mom really raised me to be whatever I wanted to be. And I took that very seriously. I did love God, or at least I thought I did. And I had God as the cherry on the top of my life, but my life was about me. And he was just the addition on top. So we got married and my husband was like, he has he has two siblings. So he wanted three kids. I really didn't want any children. So we had a five-year plan. And we said we were going to travel and get to know each other. And then after five years, we consider having children. So me and my husband were sitting in church one day and the sermon was about trusting God, not about having children. It was just about trusting God. And do you trust God in every area of your life? And so while we were sitting there, the Lord really, really spoke to me and my husband. Then we left and I said, you know what? We trust God with every single thing. Like we literally had given God every area of our life, except for when we were going to have children and how many children we were going to have. And we agreed and decided right then that I we I would never go on birth control, that we were going to give God our complete trust in that area. And we got pregnant about, man, I can't remember exactly how long. I'm thinking like three months later. Yeah. I, it could have it could have been one month later because I really, I really, really believe that children are such a blessing that I believe that God's will often is honeymoon babies. And I know everyone I know that trusted God with their womb from the moment they were married got pregnant on their honeymoon. Like, yeah, so many people I've talked to. And I really believe that that is um, God's plan and that we shouldn't be embarrassed by that. So many women are embarrassed that they got pregnant on their honeymoon. And yeah. so many women think that's a burden or that they are embarrassed that people might 
might think they were pregnant before they got married or whatever. There's so much stigma behind that. But I really believe that that is of God and that we shouldn't be ashamed of that, but celebrate and plan for that and be excited for that. Yeah. Do you think part of the stigma behind that has to do with the fact that as a society in general, they don't value children and see them as a blessing, but more of a burden? Yeah, for sure. And I also think that uh, so people tell me they don't have this story. But for me, I was raised in a lot of churches, a lot of denominations, and I was taught in every single church I went to to go on birth control and to definitely not get pregnant within the first five years of marriage. How irresponsible that is, how unwise that is. Like in the church, I was I was surrounded by church people my whole life. I really didn't even know an unbeliever, even when I went to Bible college. So that's what I grew up understanding, hearing, and being taught. It was so foreign to me. I actually never even saw a big family in my whole life. I wow. had one sister. I had one sister. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I didn't know that was possible. I sound crazy, but I was so pure and naive. Um, Like my husband was the first person I held hands with and I met him at 21. He was for my first kiss. He was like my first boyfriend. Oh my Um, gosh, you guys are so adorable. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't have that story, but I do. He thought I was crazy. He was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing's wrong with me. I went to Bible college where everybody thought that I was a treasure, that I had waited and saved myself. But then I met him who was not from Bible college. He was from like a really like drug infested area. And so to meet a girl that was 21 that had never even kissed was really weird to him. Like he kind of thought it was gross. (laughs) Well, you don't see whole people, which is what you were in the world, because it's a lot of broken people walking around trying to fill themselves to make themselves whole. So he met a whole person and he was like, what's wrong with you? You're like nothing. Yeah, I'm looking at him like I've never, no one's ever said that to me. Like the men of God that I had come in contact with at Bible college thought that I was amazing, you know? So they have somebody think the opposite. But he slowly, I mean, not slowly, like I think he, he was so shocked. That was his response. But then he was like, wow, this something's different, you know? I don't want my husband to sound terrible, okay? No, he, he doesn't. Had, he sounds he like a human. He only had one other girlfriend outside of me, and he just had never met somebody like me. Yeah, He was raised in the church by his mom, and so he loved God and valued God, and he actually was my first boyfriend because he was the first guy I met, not in the church setting, that asked me about God first. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, that's kind of how I fell in love with him is that I had gotten sick of just asking people about God because everybody I asked made up some crazy story about some church of Christ on the corner that didn't exist. And I was sick of hearing the story. And then when I met my husband, which we met in the club. So yeah, it was his first time ever going. And I actually went to the club to evangelize because I was at Bible college and I they kept telling you to tell people about God. And I'm like, everyone I know knows about God. Right. So I started. I know it sounds crazy. My husband keeps saying, tell the truth, Carissa. You did not. I'm like, yes, I really did. I went to the club, but I only talked to men because I didn't get along with women. And every man made up the dumbest things. So yeah, I met my husband in the club. He was the only guy out of like 500 guys I gave my number to. I'm not joking. I was I was naive, naive. Out of 500 men I gave my number to week after week, my husband is the only guy to ever call me. That's the Lord right there. That's the protection of the Lord. I'm telling you, I went into hotel rooms with random basketball players, not even knowing that I I didn't know what lust was. I'm telling you, I'd never held a guy's hand. Like I had guys try to kiss me. 
or and I, I could have been raped so many times. The Lord protected me so strong. Like looking back on my life, I'm like, man, the hand of the Lord was on me because he knew my heart was pure and he definitely was there with me. I will definitely tell my ch- my daughters not to do things like that. Like do not make any decisions <laughs> like this. Right. But at the same time, you were you were actually doing what you felt the Lord was calling you to do. So, yeah. of course, his hand was going to protect you. He was all around you. He had his angels going before you. And I guarantee yeah. every guy that you gave your number to lost that number. Yeah. The <laughs> angel was like, let me rip that right out of your hand. You don't need that. Yeah. But for your husband, he was like, hey, call this girl. Yeah. It's so cool how we met and everything. So yeah, that's awesome. You were married for four years? No, we were married for one year. One year. Okay. And thank goodness, because I was on birth control. That's what I got on birth control when we got engaged. We were engaged for like three months before we got married. And he traveled the whole time. So we didn't even see each other in in our engagement. But I went on birth control. So I was on birth control for about a year. And I almost died from birth control. So I ended up getting MS from my birth control. I had strokes. I passed out, had a car accident because I went blind. Like crazy, crazy things happened to me from the birth control. And I was only on it for a year. So I'm a huge, 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 huge advocate. Birth control is not from the Lord ever, never, ever, none of it. I'm also not a proponent of it. When we got married, we did natural family planning, which works really well when you actually like follow it. My husband didn't. <laughs> yeah. So we got pregnant like two months into our marriage. <laughs> okay. I didn't notice while I was on it, I didn't notice anything. It was years after I went off of it that I got really, really sick from it. And it was Yaz. There were all kinds of lawsuits. It was all over TV. I could have sued them. Like mm-hmm. I just I just refused to do that because I made that choice and I didn't ask the Lord. I didn't ask God, should I be on this? Right. I didn't know any better, but I did it in ignorance. Yeah, I warn women all the time. Do you mind if I talk about natural family planning? Not at all. Nope. So part of the reason I started this podcast was because sometimes I feel like moms feel really alone in the journey of being a mom. When I was a new mom, I had gone from like a career to being a mom and I felt so lost and so alone. And it was really it was a difficult transition because I never fathomed myself being a mom. And even though I knew I was being obedient to what the Lord was calling me to do, I still struggled with it. So when my husband asked me last year, he's like, what do you really want to do? Like, what are you passionate about? I'm like, I am passionate about encouraging people and teaching people the things that I learned. And he's like, then you should really do a podcast. The Lord brought five random people in like a two year span to be like, do you have a podcast? You really should have a podcast. (laughs) So I I started a podcast. I was like, I don't know. Is it even going to listen to me? But I'm just going to be obedient. Then I had a friend who actually has been in radio for 25 years. And he's like, hey, I want to start a podcast network. Would you like to be under my podcast network? And I was like, sure. (laughs) So here we are. When I think about that and I think about everything that motherhood entails, it's so different. And what I knew 18 years ago when I first got pregnant and what I know today, it's changed so much. So like the decisions I made then, I definitely wouldn't make now. Yeah. And I feel like when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to look outside of the box that you've put yourself in. So when I was praying about what I should do 
to encourage moms, I felt like the Lord was like, hey, maybe interview other moms, like share your story, but share their stories because there are multiple people who have experienced what you've experienced, but multiple people who've experienced what my friend Liz, who didn't want to ever be pregnant. So she just, they just adopted. She actually ended up getting cancer when she was in the military and they just took everything. She was like, that's fine. I don't want to have babies anyway. I'm just going to adopt, you know? So I felt like all of those stories were so important. So I started this series and I was praying, what do I call it? And the Lord was like, call it birthing people. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I hate that term. <laughs> but I have a really good friend who's in ministry and she asked me why. And I said, that it's that's the title the Lord told me to title this. And she said, did you ever consider it's because it's going to reach people that your podcast typically wouldn't reach. Right, right, right. Just because of the title. And I was like, yeah, it's such an interesting title. Everyone's like, what is this about? Right. Especially like, because I'm, my podcast is faith-based. I don't hide anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about how we're Torah observant and all of the things. (laughs) Like, yeah, we don't celebrate Christmas. And that was like a huge thing when I posted that episode. Yeah, I know. Yep. So I'm all about sharing different perspectives. And that's why I wanted to interview you. I respect the decisions that you've made. I feel like you had a lot more wisdom much younger than I did. And your perspective and ability to actually clearly translate that to other people so that they can understand it. And it's so non-judgmental. Oh, well, thank you for I saying th- that. I, because I know you get attacked for that. Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I follow and I, you know, I watch your videos and I read through the comments and I'm like, wow, what I've learned in my 40, almost 45 years of life is that how we read things and yeah, how right. we hear them has everything to do with our heart, like where yeah, our yeah. heart is turned. So when people get offended by the things that we say or the things that we write or the things that we do, yeah. it, it's just a reflection of what's going on inside of them and not really us. Yeah. But that's why I wanted to interview you. That was the whole reason. I'm like, I love how she translates. I love how she shares and is true to your convictions and to the word. It's not, oh, well, you know, you do you, I'm going to do me. It's right. Like, no, right. the word says this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I am super not judgmental. Um, I was on birth control. I did all the things. We did natural family planning. We've done it all. I promise. I've been there, done that. And this is what I really think about what's going on. So like my mom's generation and even the generation before her, there's a huge rebellion against motherhood in the world, a huge rebellion against being a woman, a huge. And I know a lot of people are have had their eyes open to that. And so the generation I was raised in, I was taught to do whatever makes me happy, that I don't have to be a mom, that moms are kind of gross. Like I remember growing up and we were like, ew, the mom jeans, ew, look at her clothes, you know, like, yeah, I did. I never wanted to be a mom ever in a million years. My mom was not a stay at home mom. I was not raised by that mindset or that thinking. I I did not like children. I didn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> and I've noticed that's so the enemy. That that's the enemy's plan in this world is to have women rebel against the one thing God created them for. Yeah. The biggest thing are about like we are women, womb men, because God created us to bear children, to give life. And the Bible says women will be saved through childbearing. And I don't think that if you're infertile, you're not saved. That's not what I'm saying. But when you bear children, when you raise children, you have to sanctify. And by saying, and you have to push closer to God or you're not going to get through it. So yes, yeah, I 100% in my living testimony that I am 
sanctified, saved. I pursue God. I persevere because I can't do this without him. No, especially when you get outnumbered. Yes, yes. And a lot of women say, well, I'm done with two. I can't. Um, Yeah, we all think that. I don't know how I had one. I don't know how I had two. I definitely don't know how I have 10. But that is all because of God. We cannot stop because we think we can't. Do we believe the Bible? Do we believe we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Or are we just going to live in whatever we think we can do? All of that to say, I've thought those things too. So no judgment to anyone who stops. But when I had two, oh my goodness, the second I had two babies, I was like, this is impossible. I cannot do this. I cannot entertain a toddler and take care of a newborn. It doesn't even feel humanly possible. Plus I was working. It was so hard. And then luckily, thank you, God, I got pregnant with the third so quickly. I didn't even have time to think about if I was going to do it or not. And once I had my third baby, I could like breathe. My two toddlers would play and I only had a newborn. So all that to say, if you're in that stage of two or three children or even one child and you're like, I can't, you can, God can, God will. It's a season and a stage and you can overcome anything with the Lord. Okay, so natural family planning. Hear me out, okay? (laughs) I know everybody thinks everything natural is from God. Everything natural is fine. But just because it's natural does not mean that it's of God. So I'm going to go to part of the Bible. Now, I don't have the exact reference. I'm sorry. I believe it's in Genesis, the story of Onan. So a lot of people haven't heard this story. And then when people do hear this story, in my opinion, the church twists it to mean something it doesn't mean. The 38th chapter of Genesis. 38th chapter of Genesis. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So, So Onan's brother dies and he's married to, it's Tamar, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Okay. I'm going to turn there while you're talking. Yeah, yeah. Please do. I believe it's Tamar. His brother was married to Tamar, and I could have the name wrong, but Onan, the the law back then was that if your brother dies and he has a wife and does not have children, you have to take your brother's wife and give your brother children. Mm -hmm. So Onan takes his brother's wife and sleeps with her, but does not want to give her a child. And so he pulls out, spills his seed which is what we do when we do natural family planning. Yep. This is one of the methods of natural plan planning is pulling out. So he pulls mm-hmm. out, spills his seed, and God kills him. Um, a lot of people say that God kills him because he broke the law. Do you know how many people in the Bible broke the law and didn't die? Everyone. I do not. <laughs> right. Literally everyone, everyone except Yeshua. Uh, yes, 100%. So um, I don't believe that he killed him because he broke the law. I don't believe he did that because of his refusal to just follow the law. First of all, God didn't create that law. That was a man-made law. At least I don't believe God made that law. It could have been a Noahide law. Hold on. Now I need to do my research. (laughs) Well, as you research that, I will just Yes, you keep going. um, I Okay, so just to clarify all of this, from the moment God pricked my heart about trusting you with my womb, I have had question after question, doubt after doubt, and I have sought the Lord on every single tiny itty bitty thing because I only want to do the will of the Lord. I want to, I only want to teach the will of the Lord. I want to make sure that whatever I say is not legalism or blasphemy, or I don't want to lead anybody into sin. I take that very, very, very seriously. So I have asked God every single thing you could ask God, every little, because when I teach online, people will give me all these rebuttals. So I've taken every single one to God. Like, God, you tell me, you teach me. The Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher. He is the teacher that Yeshua left when he ascended because the Lord knew we couldn't do this without 
having that helper to relay the things because there are heavenly things that our earthly minds cannot grasp. Yes. And he yes. knew that. So he was like, listen, I'm I'm here telling you the things, but when I'm yeah. gone, you're still going to need something. <laughs> yeah. That's what Ruach HaKodesh is for you. <laughs> so that was before Moses. So that would be under Noahide law, okay. the spilling of the seed. Sorry. Okay. So it was a life for a life. And I believe mm-hmm. God takes murder. Now, I know this sounds so far-fetched to people. Like, I really don't want to offend. Okay. So I'm really not here to offend. I really am not. I'm tracking know, with you, though. <laughs> and I know when the, there's deception, and I have been into so much deception because that's just the church had come under a lot of worldly teaching. And so I know there's so much deception and the Lord has been so gracious to take me out of a lot of deception when it comes to motherhood. And so I really do believe spilling your seed, pulling out is a form of murder, abortion. Because it's a potential life being rejected, being denied the opportunity to create life. I am, I am, I'm tracking with you. It's no different than like plan B or whatever it is. Yeah. The plan B pill. Yeah. So he intentionally was making sure he did not carry on a child. So he was intentionally killing a future child. Yep. That's what we do with abortion. We know that we have a baby and we, I mean, the life was already formed and we're killing it. I know there's a difference there, but the intention of mm-hmm. us is the exact same. So I'm going to go a little further. So I believe Onan is absolute evidence that that's not the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody says, well, show me in the Bible where we have to give him our wombs. I don't have five verses. I don't have 10 verses that I can just give you and say, look, this is evidence. The entire Bible is evidence that the heart of God is for motherhood, for children, that children are a blessing. There isn't one woman in the entire Bible that asked God to close their womb. Not one. No. When he closed a womb, when he actually physically closed a womb, it was a curse. Mm-hmm. It was not a blessing. And now I'm not saying that if you're infertile and your womb is closed, that you are cursed or that you are unrighteous. I believe right. that there are some women that might have that on them, but there were infertile women in the Bible that it says they were very, they were blameless and righteous. Yep. So do not live in the shame of I'm infertile or I'm having problems conceiving. And so God has cursed me. Do not, do not take that on. You are not a bad person if you're infertile at all. No. I also believe if you have a desire for children, do not relent on asking God for children. Now do not put it as like an idol and like where you're unhappy. If you do not conceive, do not live in a state of, if I don't have children, my life's terrible. Give it to God, leave it with God. And trust him to give you a child in his time because the women that were infertile, they God always gave them a child. Yep. Um, and so I'm here to tell you, like, don't take it into your own hands. I am not an advocate of IVF. I'm not an advocate of those things. And Me even either. surrogacy. I think surrogacy can be beautiful, but it did not work out for Sarah. Like, just let God have your womb. Yep. Surrender it in, in, in infertility and surrender it in fertility. In yes. fertility. Well, you're very fertile. Surrender right. it also. So anyway, there's a second way of natural family planning, which is something I, I 100% don't believe we're supposed to know. A lot of women tell me that they believe the women up back then knew when they were fertile and they did this, but I don't believe that. I don't read the Bible to see that. I don't know where they're getting that. Or you can assume that if you want, but when I read the Bible, that's not an assumption I come to. Because if they knew that, I feel like you would hear a lot of them trying desperately to conceive in their fertility. So anyway, all of that to say. So let me tell you what, <laughs> why I why I think that it is very dangerous to natural family plan. I believe that the Bible says when you take things into your own hands, he gives you over to whatever you think you know best in. 
It says it lots of times, not just one. There's not one verse. This is a lots of verses that say this. And so I believe when we say, okay, I'm taking control here. I'm going to naturally family plan when I think I need another child or when I think I don't need another child, then we are taking the covering of God off and we are now walking in our own will. And I believe you can have children outside of his timing. Now, I do believe every child is from him. And I do believe that he gives children, but he knows when your body can handle it. He knows when your mind can handle it. He knows when he will provide for you. And so a lot of women are walking around naturally family planning, getting pregnant outside of his timing. And I know some people do not agree with me on this, and that is totally fine. This is just what God has revealed to me very clearly, that if you want his full provision, if you want his full protection, his full healing and his full health, give it to him fully. Let him choose when, let him choose all of that. And I'm telling you, he will not fail you. He has not provided for me until maybe even two months after I give birth. It's not like he's like, okay, here's the money. Now you can get pregnant. No. Or here's the job or here's the resource or here. No, you have to fully trust him. So yes, it's going to look absolutely impossible. It's not going to look like it makes sense. That is faith. Yeah. And he's going to ask you to trust him and to have faith in the impossible. The Israelites multiplied in their lowest time ever. They were slaves. They had no resources. They had no money. They had, they were beat and tortured. And God multiplied them in great abundance. And then what did he do? He delivered them. He provided for them. He gave them everything. But in the middle of that season where you're just multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. I have a friend who is 25, pregnant with her sixth child. She's in my Bible study. She trusts God completely with her womb. She's in that season where she has five under the age of six maybe seven. Is her life easy? No. Is her life joyful and blessed? Absolutely. They didn't even have a house to live in until two days ago. They stayed with a a friend. They lived in an RV for a year. The RV fell apart. They stayed with a friend and they moved into a house yesterday. God will provide. I am telling you, you're going to go through those seasons where you're an Israelite and you feel like, am I making the right decision? Here's the best news ever. You don't have to make any decisions. You just give God your womb. Now, uh, there's a second part to it. So women like to deny their husbands these days, use it as a punishment to your husband. I don't know Um, how they do that. (laughs) I'm just being (laughs) honest. (laughs) Okay. I used to be that person. Okay. I used to be like, oh, you want to treat me like that? Then you're not getting, you know what? You know, like my husband, that is his. That's not. Yeah. That's not high on my husband's list. It's higher on mine. Oh, okay. It's not very high on mine. It's very high on his. Okay. That's um, the opposite in our house. Okay. (laughs) I learned really from reading the Bible, it says don't deny each other. This isn't a wife's command. This is a couple's command. Don't deny each other. And so what I, what God has really taught me, because I'm like, I have tested God in this and I want to know what I'm teaching. Because people say, well, if you just have sex, you're going to get pregnant. That is not true. Nope. Not at all. It is not true. I did the like two months of sex every single day of of two months because I'm like, okay, let me test this. I mean, except for on my period. I really believe that we should not be doing that, that that is um, against God. I didn't get pregnant for six months and we did it every day for two months. Like that's not true that you're just going to get pregnant because that it's scientific and all that. No, if you put it in the hands of the Lord, I know I'm jumping around here, but I had a (laughs) You're good. I had a baby. I have just so much to share. I have so much wisdom God's given me. And I just want everyone to know every bit of it because it excites me so much. 
I had a baby at 29 weeks, the hardest pregnancy ever. I was hospitalized for the, the last five weeks. And the doctor came in and she told me, and like, it's a miracle story. Okay, I'll save that for another day. But the doctor came in after I gave birth. The baby was in the NICU for 40 days. And the doctor told me, if you get pregnant before a year, like your body, you you might lose the next baby. The enemy wants to scare us. The enemy wants yeah. to put fear in us that we don't trust God. And she, she tried to get me all this birth control or tell me to naturally family plan, whatever. And I said, the Lord had already spoken to me because I, that was a very hard birth. That was a super hard pregnancy. My husband had six kids by himself and the Lord had already spoken to me in the hospital and said, you're going to have another child. And because I didn't want anymore. I was like, like done. Where, this was enough. <laughs> I had that time where I was like, this is impossible. And the Lord said, no, you're, gonna, you're going to have a redemption story and an amazing birth. And you're going to prove everybody wrong because everybody said, this is a sign from the Lord that you must be done. Everybody loves to say that. If you miscarry, uh-huh. if you have a hard birth, if you have a hard pregnancy, that's their, that's their answer. Yeah. That this is the Lord telling you to stop. Hey, God, I, work like that. I have reached out to friends who have multiple kids who've had traumatic pregnancies and births. And I've been like, hey, take a moment and make sure you're getting the right nutrients into your diet. Make sure you're building your body back up. Because if you were to get pregnant, it's going to be harder to try to catch up. <laughs> Like when I sent that to her, because it was all in love, like, I want you to be there for your kids. I want you to be the best version of yourself for your kids. She took it as me saying, whoa, 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 you need to stop and pull back. Like, you need to stop. And I was like, hey, you're going to do what you feel like the Lord's telling you to do. I'm telling you, also listen to your body in the process. It's depleted of things. Like, things happen because we don't have the things that we need to continue going forward. That's where disease and everything else comes from. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just trying to encourage you to listen to your body. I'm not saying don't get pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. Remind me to talk about that because the Lord has taught me how to care for my body. But let me just finish this one story really fast. So the doctor told me I have to wait a year. Right. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do anything like the Lord knows when I'm ready to get pregnant. Okay. I'm just going to say this, man. After about a month after every birth, I am ready. Wow. I am ready. I am like more, I'm like almost desperate. Like I have like this burning desire. Like right now my baby is seven months old. No, I just had a miscarriage two months ago. So right after you, after you miscarry, you like really, really just desire a baby. But the Lord told me after this last baby that I would get pregnant soon. And I did. And unfortunately, I miscarried, but I am ready. So it's hard to get your period. Like, right. That's not easy. I was seven days late two days ago and I thought I was pregnant. And then my period came and it hurts and all the things, but it's okay. God knows best. Like God, maybe my body's not ready. God knows exactly what he's doing. But anyway, the Lord, I got pregnant a year Exactly a year after that baby. Oh my goodness. God knows what he's doing. I'm just he sharing does. to tell you guys. He you does. will not fail trusting God. You will not fail trusting God. So yeah. taking care of your body. We live in a world where I don't know if we can even eat the right fruits and vegetables for nutrients because of how they're even grown these days, right? So where are we even going to get this stuff? Now, I do do a supplements now that I definitely think help our bodies. But this is what the Lord showed me. If we will seek his face, so strong health care for our bodies. We do not have to overly stress ourselves out about do I have the right supplements? Am I taking care of myself? Did I eat right? Do I like, you know, you can you can take that so far to where it becomes your idol where you're freaking out about if I have eaten the right things or if 
My body has what it needs. Or do I have enough iron? You can have a cabinet completely full of all the natural things and still not be healthy because you're not seeking the Lord. You're, you're see- seeking your will- own wisdom in, it, in yeah. that case. Yeah. And, and yes, God will tell you like, you need more iron, go get some iron. He can tell you those things. But this is really, really, really what God has shown me. And this is what God, how God has kept my body and my mind and my spirit through fasting. God will yeah. tell me when I need to seek him really hard on something that some sin I'm not aware of, some something that I'm, some pride I might be struggling in or some anger that I might be holding onto fear. Lately, it's been, my daughter has some serious issues, almost died in the hospital twice. And so right. fear has overcome me so bad. And like a month ago, my whole house got sick and the fear paralyzed me again. And I was like, I thought I was mm-hmm. free of this. And the Lord had me fast. And in that fast, I realized I am still paralyzed by fear and I am not living in faith. So guess what? My children ha- have been sick for two months straight. Oh and my that gosh. is the Lord... That is the Lord testing my fear. And he is ridding me of fear by being like, they're going to be fine. The Lord has them. I'm not going to the doctor every day to check on them, to make sure. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to sit here and be like, do you have fever? Are you okay? Is everybody okay? Is our house? You know, like, I'm not going to allow that to happen. So in fasting, God heals me as I seek him, as I dig deeper into his word the whole entire day, as I eat his word as my food. And I don't, I don't eat food and I don't drink water. That's how they fasted in the Bible. And so in those fasts, now scientifically, God's been showing me scientifically, a fast can heal cancer. A fast can heal all disease, all sickness. And I'm not talking the church kind of fast. I'm not talking a water. But wait, you mean if I just fast social media, that's not going to do it? (laughs) Right. <laughs> I'm not talking of fruit of Daniel fast. There's no such right. thing as a Daniel fast. Mm-mm. That's not a fair. That was his Daniel lifestyle. Didn't, Daniel didn't fast. Daniel was was not eating their unclean meats. Like okay. Daniel was just eating the way God told him to eat to make a po- prove a point to them. That's not a fast, guys. And now, if you want to eat like that, that's fine. That and now be a fine all diet. of the churches are rising up against Carissa because you're ruining their January plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare I mean, you? When you're seeking God daily, and I'm not talking like reading a devotional for five minutes. And I'm not talking reading the Bible once a week. And I'm not talking just going to church on Sunday. That's not seeking God. That might be being obedient to community, but we are called to seek the Lord in his word every single day. If we miss a day, we fall victim to falling away from the Lord. And I know that's controversial too, but the enemy is here to come to steal, kill, and destroy you from the Lord. That is his number one plan. And if you are not in his word every day, he... And to pray without ceasing, right? We're called to... Yes. That's Paul said. He prays without ceasing because he knows yes. that he would fall without yes. doing that. So yes. if you're not in continual communion, like I'll be yes. walking around on my farm and I'm like praying yes. in the spirit. And my kids are like, who are you talking to? I'm like, the right. Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yes. Every single step you take, every direction you go, everything you do, you want to ask the Lord. But if you're in his word every single day, he'll tell you when to fast. He'll tell you why you need to fast. He might even tell you to fast and you have no idea. You're just called to be obedient to what he says. Now, the longest fast I've done so far is 11 days, no food, no water. And I didn't want to stop that fast. I could have kept going. But the Lord told me, you have to stop right now because I thought the fast was going to heal my daughter. And that was not the case. Uh, So then you were kind of placing the fast in in the position of him. Yeah. Of healing. Yes. Yeah. And so I didn't want to stop that at all. But all that to say, a lot of women, they'll they'll 
because I don't really talk to men that much. Okay. So my ministry is to women. So when I say right. women, this is for men, this is for men too, but I'm called to teach women, not men. So anyway, a lot of women come to me and they say, I just can't. I can't. I made it three hours, but I just can't. That's not That's not how it works. We were talking about this in my Bible study. We are still called to make vows to the Lord. Like there's lots of verses in the yep. Bible that say that you should make a vow and keep it. Now, there are also verses that say, do not make careless vows that you never intended on keeping. Do not yep. do that. But when the Lord tells you to fast, you you say, okay, God, you told me three days, no food, no water. And I refuse to break that vow. I refuse. There is no, I can't, just don't. Now, there might be times where you forget that you're fasting and you eat a chip and you're like, oh my gosh, that does not mean you- It doesn't ruin everything. No, just say, I am sorry, Lord. I did not know that that was a mistake. Repent and we keep fasting. Do not stop your fast because you accidentally took a drink or, you know, because that happens. That happens. We get busy in motherhood and we're like, oh yeah, I was fasting. (laughs) Here, as you're preparing dinner for everybody and then you stick something in your mouth and you're like- Yeah. Oh yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I was on autopilot for a minute. Right. But also God's going to test you in your fast. So he might tell you to fast a specific day and that's the day you have the big potluck, the most tempting day of the year. And you're like, oh, I'll just wait. I'll I'll just partake and wait the next day. No, the Lord's going, he wants it to be a sacrifice. Now, yes, obedience is greater than sacrifice, but he's also going to ask you to sacrifice. That doesn't mean you don't sacrifice. Right. And yes, anyway, the amount of blessing that comes in that obedience, I think as a church, it's not really taught how how much of his favor and his revelation is poured out on his children when we obey. Yeah, they are. They are denied the knowledge of his blessing because the church fails to teach them that and keeps them in the dark and keeps them back. We walked out of the church years ago because we saw people enslaved with the church telling them, well, you're set free. But we're yeah. like, but you're not actually allowing them right. to walk in freedom because you're not actually giving them truth. Mm-hmm. It's this terrible cycle, mm-hmm. the amount of darkness that fills those mm-hmm. places and the amount of deception that rules in them, it, it choked us out. We couldn't. Yeah. And it choked out my kids. And that's mm-hmm. when we were like, yeah, this yep. is this is so toxic. So yep. it's it's really sad that they don't actually teach people obedience. They give people mm-hmm. formulas and they're like, this is how you pray. This is how you fast. Yeah. This is yeah. how you win the favor of the Lord by, you know, giving 10 percent of your income and then right. over this. And and you should be giving to the building fund and this. And I'm like, right. I prayed for those people without ceasing. I still pray for them today. Yeah. But when I was praying for them when everything kind of hit the fan and we decided never to go back again. The Lord just simply told me like they've never they don't know me. They don't actually know love. They don't know me. I have the exact same story. Really? (laughs) And I and I'm careful with sharing it because there are a lot of people that church hop and they see one thing Mm -hmm. wrong and they're like, oh, God's not there and they move on. And I think that I don't think that that is we're not called to be nitpicking, judging little things that don't matter. No. And even if, and I don't think that I, I've never really found a church, my church included, that has all of the truth, that knows everything, no. that we hold churches to too high of a standard. Sometimes we expect them to be Jesus and no, no pastor right. and no church can be Jesus. Um, so we have to be careful that we're not holding them to that standard, but we also have to listen to the Holy Spirit. If they're just walking in rebellion, then right. yes, absolutely. So or like completely the, defying scripture, like yes, yes, obviously yes. going against things that I are mean, like, if, <laughs> yeah, it's laid out pretty easily. In, the church I was in was telling people not to read the Bible. I didn't even leave because of that. Yep. I, I still like, I believe we can be like, 
God puts us places to be the light. Like you said, when they might say something where you're like, Ooh, that's not, you can't mm-hmm. say that. But my husband, my husband had to agree on it. That was the hardest thing ever. Right. The Holy yeah. spirit screamed at me, get out now, get out now. Like I was puking. Yeah. My husband said, Nope. So I sat there for a year. That it happened so with hard. us, but it was my husband. He felt like we were supposed to leave a year before we did. Yeah. But I was like, but this is my family. I'm yeah. not ready to mm-hmm. leave that. I can't give up on them. And he's like, yeah. So we sat there for a year and the whole time he was like praying in the spirit and his mm-hmm. gut wrenching, like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. But he did it for a whole year That's because so I because I wasn't saying. ready. <laughs> My husband wasn't ready either. And my husband hadn't seen what I had seen. I, he, well, that's we, the thing. I saw it. Oh. But I wasn't willing to give up on them. I, yeah, I, yeah, I am yeah. this eternal optimist where I'm like, but Lord, if there's just one. Yeah. No, though, so is my husband. You're yeah. you're just like my husband. And I'm like, I'm like, but I know what the Holy Spirit's saying. But if we would yes. if we would have left not being in unity, it would have like the ministry he launched us into wouldn't have been successful. You have to right. make sure you're you're one with your husband. Absolutely. And that my husband is really good at that. He's very good at mine too. Yeah. Not not doing things unless we're unified. I fully believe that when two become one, that that's what that means. And yeah. if you try to separate that, it's really like a man trying to divide his own mind and, yeah, and yeah. heart. And you can't do, I can't, I'm incapable of doing that when, in and of myself. I fully believe that we need to be single-minded and not double-minded in our marriage. The hardest thing I think that marriages have to face that are like united with God is those beliefs that because you know there's like I don't know 20 some denominations maybe there's a hundred I don't know but they all have those little parts of the Bible that they don't that they they we all believe the Bible's true yeah interpret those little doctrines differently yeah and pretty much you can unify while being in disagreement 100%. And that you just give it to the Lord. Don't even talk about it until you guys are in unity. Even trusting God with, with our family size. After three babies, my husband changed his mind. Yeah. And for four, five, six, for four more babies, we were in disunity about if we should trust God with our womb. Wow. That's and a so, lot of kids. Have so that. Were, he didn't change his mind until I got pregnant with baby number seven. Which was and- the hardest one. Yes. I didn't actually never thought about that now that you say that. But yeah, God had to change his mind before that or we wouldn't have the rest. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I remember crying to God being like, why did you let me marry him? Why didn't you tell me that you want our will before I got married? Like, why didn't you reveal this to me? Like, obviously, I wasn't listening. I'm sure he was trying. (laughs) Right. But I was so angry. Like, I am a huge advocate never to be angry with God. I don't mm-hmm. understand how people can get angry with God. Me like, either. I don't, I don't believe that's okay. And I was angry with God that he let me marry my husband because- <laughs> That is so funny. Because God told me, God told me so strongly, you have children, as many children as I give you, and you do it in my timing and you do not let anything come in between that. But my husband wanted a vasectomy and that was so hard for me. But you know what? It took what? five, six years for us to be in unity, the hardest six years of my life. But God's so faithful. Now, not every woman has that testimony. Not every man's going to seek God hard or even care what God thinks about that. Those women that are listening that don't have husbands that seek the Lord, I didn't think mine would either. So don't give up on them. I had to go. I had to shut my mouth and I had to go to war that the Lord would grab his heart. So these topics that we don't agree on, I have to shut my mouth and I just have to let God do what God does. And too often we want to do what God does. And I think that 
that can make or break the unity that comes later. But we need to shut our mouth on those topics. Don't nag and let God teach our husbands. Let the Holy Spirit be their teacher. Like we're not their Holy Spirit. God's really taught me that. That's how, that's why our marriage is doing amazing. Yeah. I'm not his Holy Spirit. I let the Holy Spirit be his Holy Spirit and what he feels he needs to do, he gets to do. I'm not his yep. I'm not his mom and I'm not his principal and I can't get him in trouble. He can <laughs> live the life God's called him to live and I'm just here to support him. Yeah. Um there are yeah, there are good books out there. Like there's Yeah. Really only one book I tell every woman to read, Be Fruitful, Multiply. And it mostly, well, there's two, but I don't want to share the second one. They are not opinions and they're not like revelations. They're literally, they walk you through what the Bible says. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for giving me this time. I know your time is so valuable and I appreciate it. I have like so much more to say, but there is we one more We should do thing. this again. <laughs> I know we should. We definitely should. There's one more thing that the Lord keeps telling me to say. Yes. Um, for the podcast, something that uh, God revealed to me this weekend, actually. So there's a verse that I read for years and I thought I understood it, but the Lord gave it to me in a new understanding. The verse where he's saying, God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I'm just like, what does that look like? Like, what do you mean worship you in spirit and in truth? So I went to this conference this weekend and it was an awesome conference, amazing with people that love God, that are seeking him. There were tons of healings that were done. Deliverance happened. And I sat there and I thought, I felt unworthy. I felt insecure. I felt like, oh, I'm not doing anything for the Lord. You know, Mm. like these people are doing so much. There's so many people on fire and I'm just over here with my, my seven families or my eight people in my Bible study or whatever. And this is what the Lord showed me. So they have a lot of power. Partly in my life, I lack a strong, confident authority where I walk. I come with more of a sinful humility, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where and, and that can also be attributed to pride, where you're so insecure that you're it's a form of pride. Right. Or you're just like so humble that it's not really humility. Yes, you understand. I know exactly what you're talking about. God was showing me that that I was lacking some of the power they had. And that is how you worship him in in spirit. So they're spiritually powerful. They're they're doing healings and deliverance. And yes, I see lots of healings and deliverance, but not the way they did. Right. Like my healings and deliverance look a lot different than theirs. Then when it talked about in truth, he showed me that that is the obedient part where you're seeking his word and obeying it. So when at the end in Revelation, I believe when he says, he said, I never knew you. And they yeah. said, but we did healings. We, we cast out demons. Yeah. Pride in your name. And he is like, yeah, I never knew you because they wanted to do the glorifying part where they looked like they were doing a lot for the kingdom and people would fall and people would be healed and yep. people would be delivered. And you could see like the things that glorify us because people are like, whoa, I want to be around them. Yeah. So many people are willing to do that part, but they're not willing to do the part only the Lord sees where we're right. obedient to his word and we're worshiping him in truth, not just in spirit, not just in power, not just for show. Right. And so he really just revealed to me, like, he wants those that seek him in both. Yeah. Like, it's not enough just to obey him within yourself and not walk around in the authority and power of the Lord and confidently proclaiming his goodness over people. He wants both. 
And she, we tend to be on one side or the other, and he wants us right in the middle, yes. on fire, in his presence, obedient, and in his power and in his authority. A hundred percent. I just wanted to share that because it was just like eye-opening to me to actually understand. Because for yeah. so long, I'm like, I get it, I hear it, but like, show me like in a real life. Like a tangible like. way yeah, that I yeah. can fully absorb it. That is yeah. something my husband and I, when we first got married... 18 years ago, that was a discussion we had because my question has always been, well, why did the shadows of the apostles heal people? Why right. doesn't my shadow heal people? Right. And so that's something that we've continued to seek the Lord for. Yes. And and that was the verse he gave us 18 years ago. Yeah. He said, that's you awesome. know, I am searching for those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. And that's why we have sought his heart over everything and yeah. his word because we want to know his heart for humanity. Yeah. Like mine is super jaded. Like I don't want what's best for everybody. I don't even want yeah. what's best for me most of the yeah. time, but he does. So I need his heart in every matter. I need to see it his way. And the only way to do that is to be in his word, which is truth. And in Psalm 91, which we pray over our family every night, it says that his truth <laughs> is a shield and armor. So when we are yeah. walking in that truth, that's really what's protecting us. Like they say, put yeah. on the armor of God. Well, his truth is that armor. We yeah. don't need anything. If we're walking in his truth, like the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, like that's kind of irrelevant, right? Like, yeah. All of it is just his truth. That's our yeah. shield. That's our armor. That's what's going to protect us and guard us and guide us and and be everything that we need it to be. And so that's for 18 years. That's what we've tried to walk out, which has been really difficult. Because when you walk in righteousness, you condemn other people around you without saying a word. Yep. And so people are going to be like, you don't have to do that, though. But why not? You don't have to celebrate those feasts, but you have to celebrate Christmas. They have a heart for the Lord. Like they're really yeah. trying to do what they believe the Lord's telling them to do. So I'm not like bashing anybody because I'm, I'm talking, we're talking 90% of the church when I say these things. Well, so and that was me, hard. right? Me I, that was yeah. me before the, year, the veil no, was lifted. The year before the Lord opened my eyes. And the only reason my eyes were open is because I actually read the Bible. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's the only reason my eyes were open. I mean, I, I read pieces of the Bible my whole life. But one day, one year, I was like, I'm going to know God. And I'm going to have revelations for myself. I'm not going to listen to somebody else's revelations. So I read the Bible cover to cover. And that is when I saw these things. But the year before God opened my eyes, the year before I read the Bible, I had signs in my yard that said, Jesus is the reason. I'm screaming at people. This is Jesus. And the next year, when God opened my eyes, the Holy Spirit said, Jesus doesn't want a part of this. Yep. Take him out. You are blaspheming his name. Yes. Stop. That has been a continual conversation. You and I are going to have to do this again and have like a whole conversation yeah, about the faith and the holidays yeah. because yeah. I feel like I have met a long lost sister. <laughs> I know, right? And I felt that way when I'd watch you post things and I was like, oh my gosh. I love her. I'm praying for Aww. her and her family. Aww, thank because you. I, I recognize the ministry that you're doing. I think some people think it's preachy or whatever, like the people who right. try to come against it. But I recognize yeah. the ministry of truth that you're doing. So I have prayed for you for probably three years. Well, wow. no, because I think I came across your stuff before we moved into the RV. I came across something that you had posted. Okay, so then you saw God take it from like 20,000 
to where it is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because is that so crazy? It is. Like, because so many people just... were coming against you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it exploded. And I was exploded. like, this is so crazy because now I'll, I'll tell people, oh, you know, I have followed this mom. At the time when I started following you, you hadn't really done videos. You had just right, been posting right. like your yeah, Bible studies sort of. and your testimonies and photos yeah. of your kids. And, and that's what I was reading. And I was loving. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I'm not alone in this journey right now. And then it exploded into this big, huge thing. And I was like, everybody knows who you are. I said to my (laughs) sister, I was interviewing you and I was talking like a little bit about what your husband had done in the past and stuff like that. And she goes, wait, are they the couple that they always post videos of their kids and stuff on Instagram and TikTok or whatever? And I was like, yeah, she's like, I love that. I'm like, they are so great. I pray for them like continually because That's I know awesome. you're being bombarded with negativity. So I'm like, nope. I I so, so appreciate that. Like the attacks have been ooh, a lot, a lot and so hard. And so, yeah, you have no idea how much that means to me. Well, look at your calendar. Okay. <laughs> Tell your kids not to get sick. no seriously um like now that i know what it entails and they've actually been really amazing they have been your kids have been better than mine and i only have four (laughs) at home right now so (laughs) i think we can definitely do this again absolutely let me know when you're available and i'll make it work thank you so much yeah thank you yeah it was amazing amazing a blessing to meet you yes absolutely beyond a blessing like i i might go cry and Praise the Lord, because it's so hard to find like-minded people. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Well, you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Stay-at-home mom listeners, I pray that you enjoyed meeting Carissa and hearing her testimony and the things the Lord has done and her wisdom and her insight when it comes to marriage and motherhood. I'm so thankful that she joined us for this fifth episode of Birthing People. And I'm going to remind you to check out our affiliate links below. Every time you click one of those links, it helps my family a little bit, get a little bit closer to getting out of that RV and into our home. So you will see Rejuva Minerals, which is the makeup line I've used for the last 10 years. They're EWG verified. On the Think Dirty app, they're actually rated among the best natural and organic makeups on the market. Also, you'll see a link for Not Consumed, which is a company that provides these adorable and super impactful Bible studies that you can do on your own, you can do with your kids or as a family. They also offer games and journals, different things that you can use in your faith journey, and I think that you will really, really like them. And we have a new affiliate, and I'm super excited about it. If you haven't heard, it's Kitsch. (laughs) Kitsch is an amazing And when I say amazing, I really mean absolutely amazing, has been kind of life-changing for my hair. They are customer-focused, all about hair care. They sell everything from like hair ties to shampoo bars to satin pillows for people who don't like to sleep on cotton because it's actually not great for your hair. I am so thankful for what they do, how they're focused on being affordable and sustainable. So if you haven't heard of them, click the link below. And if you find things that you are interested in trying out, which I would highly recommend their shampoo bars, (laughs) you can use the code Leslie15, which is my name, and save a few extra bucks. So with that, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I don't take it for granted. I'm so thankful that you are here. While you venture this week through, I pray that you will love your family, embrace them, encourage them, smile at them, and remind yourself of how thankful you are for them. 
in the role that you've been given in their lives. Build your home with your own two hands and honor the Lord in your word and deed. We will connect next week.